It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Sam Ekstrom with Tyler Metcalf on the Locked On Wolves postcast. Minnesota doesn't have their best, but they get the job done with a balanced effort against the Los Angeles Lakers. We'll break it all down on the Locked On Wolves postcast. You are Locked On Wolves postcast, part of Locked On Minnesota on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So glad you stayed up late to join us on the Locked On Wolves postcast. Minnesota moves to 21-6. and They begin a new winning streak after their setback at Philly. They come back to a charged atmosphere at Target Center, and they get the job do- uh, done against the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm Sam Ekstrom, filling in for the postcaster general himself, Luke Inman, who gets a deserved night off. I'm here with Tyler Metcalf, and we're here after every single game talking Minnesota Timberwolves basketball for about a half an hour. Tyler, give me your opening reaction to this one, a Wolves victory that was maybe a little more uncomfortable than we wanted it to be. Yeah, it kind of looked like they were just going through the motions for most of the night. Uh, looked like once they heard LeBron wasn't playing, they kind of just assumed that they were going to walk away with this one, and that's how they performed for all but the final kind of five to seven minutes, uh, you know, thankfully they kind of kicked things up a gear uh, to close out the game, uh, had some veteran leadership, really just sound decision-making down the stretch um, and just is an ugly win, but it was a win and it was a gritty win. And they kind of avoid or they, they continue their streak of not losing uh, two games in a row this season. Yeah, that's a great point. They have been able to mitigate any little crisis. They haven't had much adversity at all, and that's to their credit. They take on a LeBronless Lakers team, and the Lakers did the stuff in this game that they would have needed to do to pull an upset. Anthony Davis was really, really good. The bench gave them big shots when necessary. Torian Prince hit a couple threes that totally killed the momentum, including an, an awkward one before the halftime buzzer. D'Lo got a little bit hot late. We'll talk about the D'Lo Conley comparison as this show goes on. But in the end, uh, the Timberwolves got enough from Anthony Edwards, 27 points. Carl Anthony Towns, before a late injury, uh, had a really efficient game. And Mike Conley was just so good, so impactful. You feel him injecting himself into the basketball game. 16 points tonight, a very efficient six out of nine, four of six from downtown with eight assists. Compare that to D'Angelo Russell, who is always going to be linked to Mike Conley and the Timberwolves. Those two traded for one another last year. Russell, a very inefficient seven of 19, 17 points, eight assists. And he felt like a non-factor, honestly, until he hit some threes when it was too little, too late in the fourth quarter. But how grateful are you in this holiday season, Tyler Metcalf, for Mike Conley? And he's just exactly what this team has needed for a couple of years. Um, it never feels like he's making the wrong decision, whether it's on defense or offense or taking a shot or making a pass or setting a screen or just, you know, camping out in the corner and letting someone else go to work. It, it just his feel for the game, his veteran leadership um, is so astounding and is just a constant presence that permeates every aspect of this team. And it can't be understated. I know we've talked about it all season, but it's because it's so stinking important for this team where there were, like you kind of mentioned, there were a handful of runs that the Lakers had um, in this game where 
last year's team may have caved under that pressure or started throwing the ball away or reverted to hero ball on offense. And Mike Conley is just always that steadying hand at the helm who just knows how to make the right decision. Um, you know, we, we saw how effective that empty side or empty corner pick and roll with him and Rudy is where if the defender goes under Mike's more than comfortable, just pulling up for a wide open three. If they blitz him, he's just going to throw that lob over the top to Rudy. If you know, Mm -hmm. they kind of stay home and weak side defender cheats off. He's going to make that skip pass to Jaden or Ant in the opposite corner. He just, the game is so slow. He sees every single aspect um, at just such a veteran level that this team hasn't had for a long time. His highs may not be as high as a lot of point guards in the league, but his floor is kind of somewhat similar to what tonight showed, and that's incredible. Yeah, just uber efficiency. He's part of the wheel. He's a very important cog in the wheel, where D'Lo kind of had to be the wheel, right? Like D'Lo needs the ball. He needs to shoot. He's so possessive of that and and Conley just makes things run so smoothly and you know on a night two where you're coming off a back-to-back they kept the bench fairly short I mean Troy Brown played six minutes so really they played mostly eight guys guys probably were a little fatigued felt a little sloppy at moments and they needed that stabilizing force late saw a comment from school Jeff saying he never felt like the Wolves were going to lose and to be honest I don't think I did either I felt like they were doing so many things well and just not finishing early in the game they couldn't complete a, a fast break to save their lives and I love the comment from Mike Nori at halftime saying it was Mickey Mouse clubhouse out there on the fast breaks with Nas Reed throwing lobs to the heavens and Anthony Edwards missing layups but then Mike Conley down the stretch the stabilizing force I mean you can't there isn't a grade higher than an A but that's what Tim Connolly deserves for bringing in Mike Connolly and Nikhil Alexander Walker and second round picks all in that same trade. Yeah. And it's all in that trade where that sent D'Lo to the Lakers where, you know, you if you're looking at it from a Lakers standpoint, imagine them with Mike Connolly and just how seamlessly he would fit in. And I mean, you can really do that with Mike and literally any team in the NBA where it's like, well, if he, you add him in here, well, okay, yeah, he's going to be a steadying presence. He can play on ball. He can play off ball. You know, he can be a backup point guard. He can be a starter. It's just such a seamless fit with him. Um, he just makes the game really easy uh, for not only himself, but everyone else around him. And that ability of just simplifying the game, make setting your teammates up in positions to succeed, um, whether you're feeding them the ball or providing them an outlet as a shooter, it, it's just really important and just elevates everyone on the court. Yeah, I feel like all five members of the Wolves starting unit deserve mention tonight because they all finished with uh, 14 points or more. Let's go with Jaden McDaniel to get a thought on him. McDaniel's second straight night, very efficient, very good shooting, five of eight, 14 points. His mid-range is really coming together, Tyler. I mean, the, that step back, uh, very hard shot to block. He's so lengthy. About that 15 to 18 footer is kind of his bread and butter right now. He hits, hit some big shots in this game too. Yeah, and, and with Jaden coming up through the high school ranks in college, he was always pegged as, you know, oh, the next KD, the next Brandon Ingram, uh, you know, purely because of just he could dribble, shoot, pass, and is super long. Um, mm-hmm. But having all of those on-ball reps at that young age has really allowed him to elevate his off-ball offense where he's not just a catch-and-shoot guy now, and we're really seeing all of those skills 
mold into a really versatile scorer and his ability to attack closeouts and get to the rim or like we saw saw him uh, execute that step back mid-range jumper um he's been awesome in the mid-range all year and last year and then he's even showing some flashes of being able to create for others out of those uh drives attacking closeouts so yeah it was you know they stayed afloat they won a lot of games while he was injured but his presence not only makes them a significantly better defensive team, but he takes this offense to a whole new level that no one else on the roster really can. 15 and 13 for go bears. We kind of run down this very efficient starting five performance tonight. I thought this had the makings of a go bear clunker for a while. I thought he just had sloppy hands. He couldn't hang on to anything early in the game. Um, and then he kind of settled in. I think he was trying to do too much early. He had success against AD last year, maybe trying to to be a little bit too heroic. That's not Rudy's game. He's got to let it come to him. Thought he did that late. Ended up 6 of 12 uh, with a pretty nice double-double. First half was really ugly, like you said, just really weird decisions with the ball where he's trying to make these skip passes out of the roll and spinning against his, you know, spinning, spinning around in the middle of the lane and trying to make a skip pass that goes sails out of bounds. Um, You know, he only got attributed two turnovers, it looks like. Um, So I'm kind of curious as to where a couple of those others went because it felt more like five, six, seven um, at times because he was really sloppy in the first half, but he, he tightened things up in the second focused on just kind of really getting to the rim. Uh, putting shots up. And then even when his floaters or layups didn't go in, he was quick off the ground and grabbing his own rebounds and dunking them home. So he really simplified his game uh, down the stretch. And it was night and day between the, the, the two halves for Rudy. Yeah. And then cat, he was great in the first half finished with 21, seven of 16, six boards, four assists leaves with a leg injury. And as this show goes on, we'll keep an eye on Twitter. See if we get a, a report Hoping nothing. I mean, it was it was a very subtle injury. I think it came on a dribble drive late where he was trying to slam it down um, and landed apparently awkwardly. I didn't think Bally gave a very good replay of it, but he limped off to the locker room, did not return. Um, so hard to speculate exactly what might have happened, but that's kind of what we're holding our breath about right now. It it sucks when when cats out. Uh, we saw it all last year. It's brutal, and the fact that he's rolling the way he is, uh, basically fifty forty ninety uh, shooting, mm-hmm. um, his averaging twenty plus points, you know, eight rebounds, handful of assists. He's playing some of the best basketball of his career right now, and everything on this team is gelling. So hopefully it's nothing major. Hopefully he just knocked knees with someone, and it's a little knee contusion or bruise or charlie horse um something along those lines where at most it's a game or two um it was good to see that he was the one kind of walking off on his own power so hopefully it's nothing too bad but if it is a prolonged thing then you know it's really going to hurt this team but that's where a guy like Nas Reed has another opportunity to step up like he has his entire career and all season that's why you have the three bigs, that's for exactly. sure. Um, well, we'll uh we'll scan Twitter, try to get some updates. Uh, I know Jack Borman, one of our postcast contributors, he's there tweeting what Chris Finch is saying. So we'll check in on what Jack is tweeting uh, after a word from our partners. 
eBay Motors helps bring you tonight's postcast. They've teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit your roster. Let's see who Josh suggests in this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Grayson Allen, I think, would be a good play with Bradley Beal out. Allen should see strong minutes, nice usage for the next few weeks. In his last four, he's been in double figures. He packs the box score with steals. He's had two per game for the last four uh, and nine rebounds as well in their last outing in a loss against Portland. That Phoenix team is struggling. They need someone to step up. Grayson Allen might be a good play to fill that void. Uh, Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship with these suggestions. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, make sure your ride stays running smoothly. And as the weather takes a turn uh, for the worst, potentially, maybe not, maybe not an El Nino winter, but as the snow comes, you want to make sure everything's up to date on your car. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. And at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, back on the Locked on Wolves postcast. Again, I'm Sam Ekstrom. That's Tyler Metcalf. We're streaming live after each game on the Locked on Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. And our audio goes on the Locked on Wolves audio feed, where you can also find the daily show with Ben Beacon. I'm sure he's going to have a full reaction to Wolves-Lakers on his Friday show. Uh, I'm seeing one tweet from Jack Borman that says, Chris Finch said the Wolves had several opportunities to put the game away sooner and didn't. He's not all too pleased with the win tonight, but did praise Mike Conley for helping the team rise above that. Um, agree with with that assessment, Tyler? Maybe not the most impressive, impressive of wins that a head coach is going to be thrilled about? Yeah, and it's it's from a fan and you know coverage standpoint, it's easy for us to be happy about the win because a win's a win, and you know it's good to see them gut it out. But from a coaching standpoint, there was a lot of kind of sloppy execution, and there's no reason that the Timberwolves shouldn't have won this game by 20 points. Um, it was there for the taking. They didn't really execute. I thought defensively they came in really lackluster, uh, just kind of went through the paces. And from a coaching standpoint, I think that's really understandable why there's some frustration there. And, you know, again, yes, they're the number one seed in the West, but you don't want complacency to set in um, with a team that hasn't really experienced success like that before. So I, I, I think it's, a, I, th I think it's an honest reaction from Finch, but I also mm -hmm. think it's, it's a good job by him trying to kind of maintain expectations. Uh, and I do see that Finch uh, gave basically a non-update on Carl Anthony Towns yeah. saying he doesn't have an update, but hopefully it's not too serious, which in a way does tell you that this isn't something that they're quickly dismissing. There is something there to be looked into, maybe some tests to be run. 
uh, and they play Sacramento on Saturday night. So that could that could complicate everything. I mean, the Wolves have a nice lead in the West. We've kind of been watching other stars around the league miss time. This happens to most teams during the course of the season. And it feels like it's it's not about remaining injury-free all season. Obviously, the Wolves have already dealt with a couple things. Anthony Edwards looked like his hip pointer was sore tonight at the end of the game. Um, Jaden McDaniels missed time. It's about dodging the big injury, yeah. right? The 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 sixty gamer that afflicted them last year with cat. Um, if it's five, if it's ten, you can live with that because you've built up such a nice cushion for yourself. Yeah, and that's still a lot of games, but I, I yeah, <laughs> I, but yeah. the 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 big one is you know can if it's something serious, can you keep it under a month? And you know, I even guys of like Mitchell Robinson, we're seeing not, now going out for multiple months and this is the time of the year where stuff really kind of starts to pile up and you know i think it was a little earlier um but kind of not a totally dissimilar time last year where cat went down and you know we kind of feared that he tore his achilles so hopefully it's nothing serious if it's under two weeks which would be four to five ish games i think that would be a win um if he's back saturday fantastic if it's more than that then you know we might have to kind of start getting creative with some of the lineups that they throw out there and kind of managing expectations when the inevitable losing streak does come what did you think was the catalyst tonight like what what was the moment for you where the wolves turned on the afterburners and didn't look back for me i thought it was the flagrant on nas i thought that that was sort of the moment that Gave the Wolves enough fire to get past the finish line. I believe Nas hit a three-pointer the, the next time down the floor, and they didn't really look back after that. That was kind of my moment of this one, where Minnesota decided to finish off the, this LeBronless LA team. What was it for you? Yeah, and I, I think that's a really good one, because I think right after that, we kind of saw the point-of-attack defense kind of start picking up intensity between uh, Nikhil and Jaden and their you know ability to really get around screens. Um, I, I believe the broadcast said that on that flagrant, which was kind of a rough call, but whatever, um, I yeah. believe that they said uh, Jaden apologized because that was his rotation that he missed. And from that point, he was pretty on point um and the typical Jaden that we were used to um the the one that really kind of stood out to me where it's like okay this game's over they're gonna win this uh was right around like the four and a half minute mark where Ant had that uh skip pass to I think it was Nikhil in the corner just live dribble bullet um and Lakers called a timeout immediately after that but I, I think that was right around the time where it's like okay I I think Timberwolves have this in the bag just uh, looking at the comments and thank you all for engaging and commenting and watching here late at night, almost 11 o'clock central. And I'm going to show you this comment from random planet. Thank you for the comments. If cat is out for a while, Leonard Miller, what do you think about the first, uh, the second round pick? I was going to say first round pick second round pick Leonard Miller as a depth option. Um, I mean, if they need energy and rebounding, I, I think it's a worthwhile, you know, at least pull them up, have them around the team. If things get dire, if there's a blowout, if guys get in foul trouble, you know, there are absolutely worse options that you could go with. But I, I really don't think that Wolves fans should be expecting Leonard Miller to contribute to winning right now. He's still really young, really raw, has a lot of learning um, and growing to do. 
I get the intrigue. I get the excitement with him. Um, and there should be that, that that's what you should be feeling about these kind of lottery ticket prospects. Um, but I don't think he's going to be kind of a uh, surprise plug and play contribute to winning uh, type player. Like we saw from Jaden and in a similar sense, Nas. It'd probably be a choice between Josh Minot and Luca Garza seeing a bump, right? That would be my guess. Um, we've, seen both those guys pretty consistently with the team um and you know i I think luca even suited up tonight so i I would guess that those two would probably get minutes um at the five uh, if we're talking strictly at the five um Mm -hmm. before leonard would but you never know we we've seen finch willing to experiment a little bit in the past uh but that the, I, I think those rosters in the past where he really did experiment were a little less solidified than the, the current rotation is now. All right, Tyler, we still got to talk about Anthony Edwards night, and then we'll look ahead to Sacramento and maybe even beyond to Oklahoma city. As we close out the locked on wolves postcast. This postcast is sponsored by better help. And I'm here to tell you that, Therapy is important. It's important to share your experiences with people, whatever might be uh, afflicting you, whatever you're dealing with, having that benefit, having to learn about coping skills, setting boundaries, whatever it might be. uh, It's valuable. It's good for your mental health. So give it a try and you can use BetterHelp as an option. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. In this season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnNBA. All right, in this night of balanced scoring where all five starters contributed 14 or more points, we haven't yet talked about the leading scorer, Anthony Edwards, 9 of 19, 27 points, 7 boards, 5 assists. I thought this could have easily been a 35-point ant night. He was locked in, which there's a spectrum to how locked in ant is on a given night. I thought he was dialed, um, and I thought this could have been 35 if he just finished off a few more layups around the rim. Yeah, that's kind of the, the the main thing that really stood out to me tonight. He just missed a handful of bunnies, and that's kind of the difference in him, like you said, having 35 and this being a 15-point win and him ending up with 27 and it being a little bit tighter. So that, that that's kind of been a struggle because he's I, – I thought in the third quarter he did a really good job of really attacking the rim, really being aggressive, getting to the line, ended up with eight free throws total. Um, but so often he's looking for the foul and hunting for the foul and kind of treating the actually making the bucket as the second option there. So he's an incredible athlete, incredible scorer, not really worried about it in the grand scheme of things, but it is kind of a consistent trend with him where he does miss a handful of layups because he's anticipating that foul coming and he's not just focused on getting the bucket. And if the foul comes and it, then then it comes and i think if that mindset kind of starts to shift that's when some of these 25 point games end up breaking 30 pretty regularly yeah and once that happens that's when the mvp talk gets real right 
when it's not 25, it's 35 more regularly. Yeah. seemed like it was the non-dominant side tonight. The left side layups were the ones that were getting him, um, whether it was fast breaks or, or slashing down the lane. But still, a good night for Anthony Edwards. Maybe a little reckless with some uh, some shots late, but had a big and one when it felt like the Lakers were going to make one more push. And I think that kind of kept them at bay. I believe the Nikhil Alexander-Walker dagger followed that to put them up 11. And at that point, it really was over. 118-111, the final score over the Lakers tonight. Wolves 21-6. and six. Let's take a look in real time at their lead in the West. Two and a half games. OKC actually ended the Clippers winning streak tonight. Nine-game winning streak. OKC smoked them. That's the Wolves' opponent on Tuesday. But first, they play the Kings. The Kings, fourth in the West, 16-10, and 10, and the only team to beat the Wolves at home this year. Kings got smoked by the Celtics on Wednesday, 144-119. Uh, what do you make of the Wolves going to Sacramento? Let's, let's assume they have Towns just for the moment. What do you think about that matchup? It's been a really fascinating one going back to last year, even um, because I, we've seen them really try to play Gobert off the court by throwing Trey Lyles out there and going full five out. Um, I think the Timberwolves have done a better job of kind of countering those looks this season. And Gobert himself has done a better job of avoiding being played off by moving better in space and being able to close out and kind of stay with guys on drives while still putting a hand up to somewhat contest threes when he does have to get out there. So I think the kind of chess match in terms of playing with pace, playing in the half court, uh, the defensive different differentials between these two teams is going to be really fascinating. Uh, the Kings defense is rough. They're really not good, especially in the half court. They rank 26 um, in points per possession or in defensive rating uh, in the, in the half court this season. So the Timberwolves aren't really a transition heavy team. So if they can slow it down, can keep the Kings, out of transition offense. Um, they can play their game. They execute in the half court and then they play, you know, as disciplined of defense as you can against a team like that, who plays with the pace and the ball movement and the player movement um, that they do in the half court. They have a really good chance of beating a really good, good Kings team. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people say the Kings are a bad matchup for the wolves for the reasons that you laid out, but let's not forget the Wolves went 3-1 and one against the Kings last year. The only time the Kings beat them was in overtime. Um, Wolves did a pretty good job against the Pacers' pace last Saturday. They're a fast-paced team as well. Didn't have Halliburton, granted. But um, I think the Kings just got really, really hot from the floor, and they beat the Wolves at Target Center. I don't think they're an unbeatable team for the Wolves to go get. And let me add to the conversation, Kings played the Suns the night before. So that's a back-to-back -back for them. Wolves will have the rest advantage. We'll see about the health advantage as Carl Anthony Towns, uh, you know, hurt tonight late in the fourth quarter. Unfortunate time to get hurt. Also saw Anthony Edwards rubbing his hip. I'm guessing that's the same deal that he's uh, had, you know, now for a couple of weeks. And hopefully he'll be able to shake that off and play on Saturday. Uh, Wolves win 118-111. It's the Locked On Wolves postcast. He's Tyler Metcalf. Find him on X at Team Metcalf 11. I'm Sam Ekstrom filling in for Luke in tonight. I'm at Sam Ekstrom, uh, part of the Lockdown Sports Minnesota crew. You can hear me on the Minnesota football party, the roundtable, the Minnesota basketball party, where we talk Wolves every single Wednesday. Tyler, good work. Go get some rest, and uh, we'll talk to you soon on the postcast, all right? Appreciate it.
Thank you all for watching and commenting. You can find us on video, Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube, or the Locked On Wolves po- uh, podcast audio feed. Appreciate it, everyone. Thank you for the comments, and we'll talk to you next time. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.